going Shark Tank. Yo, Cuban would love that. Cuban? The cubes? Hey. He would eat it up. Yeah. I can just be there, you know, just showing some items that could potentially be on the registry if you need me. You could play the actor of Divorcee. You, mm-hmm. there could, you could start with a scene. You know, you could learn stage acting, sl- pretend to slap at him in the face. Oh it could be gosh. a whole thing. It could be a whole performance and element. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> Sup, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined by my trusted co-host, the J.J. Redick being on NBA First Take to J.J. Redick eviscerating everyone on NBA First Take. It's Adam Amwal. Adam, how's it going? I love J.J. Redick on First Take. It is so it's really good. great. He is fantastic. I'm very happy. As a big J.J. Redick fan, I'm glad that more people are seeing that he's a nice dude because... J.J. Redick, and he will admit this himself, was a big jerk in college. Talked a lot of trash, played for Duke. They mm-hmm. were the villain NCAA team. He had spiky hair. Jerk. But he chilled out once he got into the league, and he's been podcasting for the past like six years or so. And from that, I could tell he was a very nice guy, very level-headed, very humble, very understanding of the league, his place in it, how the landscape of the league is going, all that kind of stuff. So for him to go on shows like First Take, where it's just people like Stephen A. Smith and now most notably Chris Russo, the mad dog, just saying these awful garbage things. The idea that anyone is willing to listen to this man speak, (laughs) not only are his takes horrible, but his voice itself is so grating. It's rough. Even as someone who grew up in the Northeast, and I'm sure you heard this, like listening to Mike and the Mad Dog is something right. we did all the time. And Chris Russo is just this old guy who thinks that Bob Cousy can play basketball and stuff. And J.J. Redick reminds him that Bob Cousy was playing against plumbers and firemen Amazing. and he couldn't dribble with his left hand. And he played in a, at a time when there were only eight teams in the league. So making the finals was really easy. J.J.'s been destroying people. NBA Twitter is loving it. He's the type of person we need as NBA analysts because he's able to point out why Draymond Green is a great player, even if he's someone that can draw the ire of fans. It's been fantastic. Absolutely. And and speaking of that, and we retweeted this from the Horse Twitter account, he blatantly called out Chris Russo for the undertones in what he was saying about Draymond Green. Like, because mm-hmm. Russo immediately preempted it by being like, it's not about race. It's not about this, not about that. And JJ Redick was like, no, 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 I'm going to stop you right there. I, I don't like the way you're saying this right now. Like, it's very mm-hmm. much the, uh, you know, act like you've been there before and don't be too flashy. And I really appreciate that Redick is there to be the voice of reason. And also, it's funny because someone like Stephen A. Smith thrives off of people arguing with him. Like, his whole ethos is just, I'm going to yell as much as I can. And when someone like Redick just kind of sits there and lets him make a fool of himself, it has the same impact as when a teacher hears someone goofing off and they're just really silent. Like, I'll wait. I'll wait Mm -hmm. because it really exposes how silly a lot of these opinions are. Right. And what JJ specifically was getting mad at Chris Russo for is the way people talk about athletes. He was saying it's not even a race thing or whatever. It's just the way you talk about athletes, which can end up having racial undertones in it for sure, Mm -hmm. especially when you're talking about a league like the NBA where most players are black. 
it's just you talk about them like they're not humans. Mm -hmm. You talk about them like they are objects of entertainment and we want them to play basketball and not be human beings. And we want to be able to yell obscenities to them and their family members at games and they are not allowed to retaliate in any way, shape or form. And we will be holier than thou if they flip us off or do whatever. I'm glad that JJ called that out and I'm glad that he can give a voice to the athletes because I think that's been a really important thing of the NBA and the WNBA all sports leagues recently is just getting to know the players more, seeing that these players are human beings so that fans treat them like human beings. Completely agree. Yeah. So with that, let's uh, start talking about basketball. Let's go into the Teal Memorial Locker Room. Teal's doing great. Glad to hear it. So you know who else is doing great? Probably our patrons. And I have some exciting news for you, Shu. Yes. We have some new patrons. We have some new old patrons. And I also want to thank the listeners who came out to see me in Nashville. That was super cool. Yeah. I did. I just got back from Nashville a couple of days ago. And boy, are my arms tired. I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> I, I did a kind of an independent show on Thursday that we had some horse listeners come to. And then uh, again on Monday at Zany's. And uh, I, I do apologize for not knowing everyone's names. But I do uh, really appreciate you coming out to see me. That was super cool. But with that being said, uh, first of all, I do want to just pass along some thoughts and prayers to Joe McMahon, a.k.a. long-suffering Timberwolves fan who was not suffering and now is suffering again. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that later. Also, Mary Kelly has returned and upped their patronage, so thank you to Mary Kelly. Now, some of you may remember the name Eileen Gazesh, a, a one-time producer-level patron. We got a message from Eileen letting us know that she was a bit behind on some of the episodes and was devastated to find that Steph Curry for three had left the fray. And so with that in mind, Eileen Gazesh has re-upped to a producer-level patron and is officially changing their name to Steph Curry for three, question mark? But more specifically, this is what the message said. Quote, I'm catching up on episodes and found out that this patron dropped his patronage and it's heartbreaking to hear that. Hopefully the reason is good news. So instead of my name, can it be Steph Curry for three? But because I cannot be said patron... Every episode, please mess up the name a little to show that I'm the fake one and not a perfect replacement. So one episode is Steph Curry, the next is Steph Corey, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yes. If or when they come back, I will go back to my normal name. So henceforth, Yo. for as long as we can, we are going to play around with some version of Steph Curry for three that is not quite Steph Curry for three. And of course, the other person will, uh, you know, say bang very loudly. I love it. That sounds great. And amazingly, this was only the second most exciting thing to share with you, uh, with full respect Whoa. to Eileen Gazesh. We also have a new producer level patron whose actual name is Cole Abud. Abud? I, I'm not sure the pronunciation, but... Phenomenal patron origin story. And I quote, Hi, Team Horse. I decided to go all out and become a producer-level patron, but I can only be here for a few episodes due to money reasons. Totally fine. Mm -hmm. But I figured I'd send you at least some of my money and tell you the story of how I came to love Horse. A friend of mine, shout out Mercedes, is a huge Potterless fan, and I'm her, quote, sports friend, so she recommended Horse. Amazing. The thing is, I don't watch basketball. I'm a diehard Mets and New York Giants fan, but haven't ever gotten hooked on the NBA. I played fantasy basketball all last season, but probably haven't watched a full NBA game in at least five years. I enjoy the podcast nonetheless, and have been listening for a few months now. Here we go. This was like right after we recorded the last episode, so we weren't able to bring it up then. They go on to say, last week I got sick, like real sick, like almost was in the hospital sick. Turns out it was a real nasty case of mono and I was having a ton of trouble sleeping, so I turned to my usual method, podcasts, a whole lot of horse, plus a few episodes of away games and tipping pitches. Nice. Nice. Quite literally how I got through the worst two days of my life. All I did for 48 hours was lie in bed, sleep, and listen to horse. So thank you for helping me stay alive in the heat of mono and in exchange, here's my money. Now here's the best part. I would like to go by Mono Ginobili. <laughs> Thank you for your time. 
and thank you for the podcast. So we have now re-added some version of Steph Curry for three oh. and Mono Ginobili, which I, I responded at the time immediately in the top five best patron names we've ever had right there. I mean, I'm so glad that they have made fun of their own diagnosis so that we didn't have to make some sort of were you making out joke because my history with mono is just people in high school getting it from making out with people nice. so wow wow oh wow so with all of that presented i now allow you to read the full list of producer level patrons yes so shout out to our producer level patrons polly burridge who did say jade melbourne in an australian accent awesome. it's on the horse twitter that was her way of thanking us and congratulating us for 100 episodes. Thank you, Polly. Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, He Sells Seashells, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Long Suffering Timberwolves, Fan, Roast Beef Debris, Kate the Conqueror, Basketball is Life 2, Michaela Loves Allison, Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Bourget Lee, Weird Questions, Chris Rossi, Mitch Chrysler, Steve Curry for three, Bang, and Mono Ginobili. Really incredible stuff these past couple of weeks. Been great. Absolutely great. You know what else is great? I would say getting sponsored by someone. Getting sponsored is pretty great. Adam, how about you tell us about this episode's sponsor? I absolutely will. This episode of Horse is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, you've heard us talk about BetterHelp before. Today, we want to talk specifically about stress. Now, people don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even some digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating. I certainly have experienced stress. I feel like Anyone who lives in New York has experienced stress. I know you certainly have. You and I have fun lives, but they can also be very stressful lives at times. And I have experienced a lot of these things. I've had to get a mouth guard because I was grinding my teeth. I find that sometimes I don't sleep that well. Uh, I like to eat unhealthy foods when I'm stressed out. Not the best thing in the world, but... Stress does show up in all kinds of ways, and in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here is your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. I've talked about this before. I'm a big proponent of therapy. Shubes certainly would put himself in that category as well. Mm -hmm. So... What's important for you to know is that BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Certainly goes for people like us in New York. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Horse listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash horse. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash horse. Also want to thank Multitude for having us as a part of the collective. You're all caught up on horse. You need other pods to listen to. Why don't you listen to a Multitude pod? One of the ones you could listen to is the Queer Movie Podcast, which is a queer movie watch party hosted by Rowan Ellis and Jazza John. They research and read their way through the queer film canon one genre at a time. From rom-coms to slashers, contemporary art house cinema to black and white classics, Queer Movie Podcast is a celebration of all things gay on the silver screen. New episodes come out every other Thursday, so check it out. Search for Queer Movie Podcast where you get your podcasts. And with that said, we can get into the first segment of the show full court press get it like the news i sure do yeah so we're not gonna talk too much here because we have a very fun interview with wnba correspondent jordan liggins for the remainder of the episode we talk about the draft we talk about the upcoming season we talk about different things that happen when you're planning a wedding you know all of the major basketball things <laughs> but since we talk mostly about the wnba let's talk about the nba for a little bit playoffs Full swing. Things are getting spicy. The games are good. The Suns look like a monster. They're very good at basketball. Right now, we've got the Suns playing against the Mavericks. We've got the Warriors and the Grizzlies tied. We've got the Heat leading the 76ers. And we've got the Celtics and the Bucks tied. So it's been a fun one. I don't know how many of the games you've been watching. I feel like we've both been pretty tuned in. Yeah. 
What have you liked so far in the playoffs? Well, you know, this is my first time recording this podcast since my beloved Bulls lost, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm hanging in there. You know, I'm doing okay because at least the Cubs are good. They're not. They're terrible. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But, you know, the, the most interesting series to me actually is the Boston-Milwaukee series. I feel like that mm-hmm. very much feels like a six or seven game series, whereas some of the other ones do not. Um, I, I Obviously, the... Philadelphia series is going to be very much affected by whether or not Joel Embiid can return. For anyone wondering what we're talking about, in the final game, in the final clinching game against the Toronto Raptors, Joel Embiid was still in the game when the Sixers were up by 30, and he was admittedly getting a little showboaty, uh, but he got elbowed real hard in the face. Uh, It seemed intentional to me, certainly. The Raptors broadcaster also applauded it, which is really not cool. Joel Embiid had a serious injury, a concussion, and an orbital bone fracture, which is the bone right by your eye socket, um, has missed the first two games. I don't know. I mean, I might have still picked Miami in that series, even if Embiid were healthy, but right now... 2-0 2-0 lead, it could get pretty ugly if uh, if Embiid can't return. The Suns also look like they might steamroll the Mavericks. Then again, sometimes that happens after the first two games at home, and then it's a completely different series when that team has to go on the road. And, you know, Warriors-Grizzlies, as I'm bringing that up, possibly spicier than Boston-Milwaukee, especially because of the very unfortunate injury to Gary Payton II, um, which I guess we'll post a link. You'd watch it at your own yeah. risk. Maybe we won't. Yeah. It's... It was a really, really ugly play, and and Steve Kerr called it out correctly when interviewed, which was to say, that's not physical basketball, that is dirty. And Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, Peyton has a broken right elbow. Uh, Apparently, it says he's only out three to five weeks, which seems impossible. I don't understand that. NBA team doctors, man, they got to be wild. You know, if there were injury reports for me now that I'm in my 30s, it would be like Mike Schuber out two to three weeks, slept kind of weird. Let let me tell you something. (laughs) I played basketball today and I ran into somewhat of a hard screen. It wasn't even dirty. And I think I might not play for two years. So, yes, that has been a very physical series. They've been having some intense fouls. There was a big Draymond Green flagrant foul in the first one, which was physical but less dirty. The Dylan Brooks one, certainly dirty. I got to give respect to Brandon Clark, who is on the Grizzlies, and he was on the Low Post podcast, and Zach Lowe asked him about it. This was the day after the game, and Brandon Clark basically said, yeah, Dylan shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. So props to him for being honest about it. Now, talking about some teams that aren't in there anymore, I feel like... This wouldn't be horse if we didn't talk about the series between the Minnesota Timberwolves and Mm. the Memphis Grizzlies because the Minnesota Timberwolves had three different times in which someone tried to protest animal rights during a game. Yes. The reason for this is because the owner of the Timberwolves, but the owner who is on his way out. A-Rod and whoever that other guy is are going to basically become the main owners. Mm-hmm. This other guy is slowly getting rid of his power. But this original owner, one of the things he owns is, I guess, food production stuff, big old chicken coop. And mm-hmm. they had an outbreak of the bird flu. So they had to kill a bunch of the birds. I don't know the particulars about whether or not this is a normal practice or if this is ridiculous or whatever. I do know that bird flu, if it gets to humans, is very bad and very deadly. So... Maybe that was the reasoning. Regardless, animal rights activists were very upset and were protesting during the Timberwolves games. So during the play-in game, there was a woman who tried to glue herself to the court. And first off, as Jason Concepcion pointed out on All Caps NBA, his YouTube show, glue is usually made from animal bones. So uh, 
unless she was using a particular vegan glue, might not have been the best look. Didn't work. They just basically ripped her up off the court. Didn't stay there very long. Should he use Gorilla Glue, which is, I believe, not made from gorillas. <laughs> I don't think it is. I hope not. But then, <laughs> but then in game one, someone said, ah, okay. I'm going to up the stakes here, use something a little better than glue. A woman chained herself to the stanchion. How do you get a chain into a stadium? Was she that, wearing it like a necklace? That, I don't know. That w- That's what's very impressive. There are metal detectors at all NBA stadiums. I don't there get There are. I don't know. I once tried to go into a Knicks game where I had a padlock that I used when I would go to Blink Fitness and I mm-hmm. just wanted to use a locker. And they made me check my entire backpack into a storage room because they thought I was going to throw my padlock onto the court. In fairness, though, you could do some damage with the padlock. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they did it. How do you get a chain in the thing? Anyway, know. she got in there. They they ended up getting it out. It was a big deal. But then, and we got to post a link to this one for the episode page of horsehoops.com. Did you see in game four, the yeah. girl who got tackled before? There's a girl. She's a couple rows back from courtside. She's looking at the court. She looks a little suspicious. Security guard locked in. Yeah. Absolutely honed in on her. She tries to jump out during a stoppage of play. And this security guard just lays her out and gets her apprehended before she can even get out onto the court. What a play. Think of how much money it costs to pay for that seat just to get arrested. That's that's the thing. If you're dedicated to the cause, I see it. Cool. Protesting is important. But man, that's an expensive failed protest. I'll tell you what, hopefully her arm didn't look like that guy who attacked Dave Chappelle because I never want to see that again in my life. Oh, my God. Bending the wrong direction, but also fuck Dave Chappelle sure. for after that happening, saying that was a trans person because look, Dave, we get it. You don't like him. Please stop. It's very unnecessary. He's just like quadrupled and quintupled down on bad opinions. Not even opinion, just like hate speech. But when he slaps his knee with a microphone, it must be funny. Oh, gosh. Very, very disappointing. Anyway, the big takeaway here is that the Minnesota Timberwolves were undefeated in games in which protests happened. They were 3-0 and in games where someone tried to protest, and they were 0-4 in games where no one protested. So clearly the key to victory Get some protests. Very in interesting. You know what? They're they're an incredibly talented team, but they did not play overly disciplined basketball. And that came back to bite them in the ass. There were a lot of blown leads, a lot of things they could have done differently. <laughs> if I were a Timberwolves fan, I would be very excited about the future, but certainly disappointing because it is a series that they could have won. Yes, 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 yes. Well, the playoffs will continue. They will be very spicy. And I would encourage everyone to watch the playoffs as much as you can now while they are still on TNT, because I think they're on TNT until the finals, maybe the conference finals. But the joy of getting to watch Shaq, Kenny, Chuck and EJ just be ridiculous goofballs and make fun of Kevin Durant and poke fun at Kenny Smith's knees or Charles Barkley's analogies or Shaquille O'Neal's dedication to thinking that if you fill your gas tank up when it only reaches halfway that you're saving money. It's just (laughs) a joy to watch every night. And it used to only be once a week. Now it's every single playoff game. It makes me so, so happy. It's such a good time of the year. It might be the best show on television. It's just like if you are a horse listener that really doesn't care about basketball, you just like our goofs, cannot recommend Inside the NBA enough. You don't need to know what is happening. It is just funny, entertaining television. And during the playoffs, it 
least in these couple rounds, it's on every single night that there are games and it's just delightful. It's great. And to the uh, horse listeners who came out to see me in Nashville, they echoed that exact sentiment, which was like, we don't like sports at all, but we really love horse. And that (laughs) feels great to hear. Warms our hearts. Well, with that all said, we're going to get into a very special interview with Jordan Liggins to talk about all things WNBA. Okay, as promised, we are here with Horse's official WNBA correspondent, Jordan Liggins. <laughs> Jordan, how's it going? It's going great. I love that title. Thank you so much. You have <laughs> earned it. We are happy to have you back on the pod. It has been too long. You have been doing all sorts of fun basketball things for the WNBA, the NBA, everything in between. How's it been going? Shubes, how, before we even let Jordan answer that oh. question, I want to yes. know, as someone who has not been with Horse the whole time, do we know how many times this is? Is Jordan officially part of the Five Timers Club, like SNL? I th- I th- it's it's got to be. It's got to be. We're going to have a jacket gotta for be. you. We're going to have a jacket for you next yes, time. I got my show. jersey. I'm going to get a jacket. Yes. Right. Oh. We did send Jordan a jersey. Yeah, we'll have to get it like a little. We should get, you know how they do the 25th anniversary patch that they did for the WNBA. We should get you a little five uh, iron-on <laughs> patch you can put on your horse, Penny. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, It's been great. I have just been talking basketball and somehow people have been giving me money for it, which has been uh, the dream, the dream, <laughs> the dream Um, with the W. I have a new show in partnership with Buckets. That's all about the W and shining a light on really the personalities of the league. I don't think we get to know that unless you're a super fan and you're like following everybody I don't feel like people really know how cool these women are so that's what I'm my goal to do with with my new show I'm excited for you and I think that that is necessary because yes if you're not checking out social media for all the individual players and and doing things like that you're not going to see how much fun people like asia wilson are Mm -hmm. and how goofy some people are i think people are getting a little more of a hint of that i think that the or i at least i would hope that the sue bird and diana tarossi tarossi bird (laughs) cast where diana tarossi made as many cock puns as possible (laughs) in one game of basketball (laughs) hopefully that kind of stuff is like oh these people are fun yeah i hope so i hope so because that was fun that was a good time it was great i love (laughs) that they are still playing sue's got her last year i'm wearing the sue jersey in honor of this recording yes as as i've been wearing every single day in prep and i'm glad (laughs) dt's got at least one more i mean honestly hopefully 12 more years in her but for both of them i'm excited for post-career both of them because Clearly, they've got the chops for broadcasting or hosting some sort of WNBA show, NBA show, whatever it is. It's going to be good. Yeah, I think it's safe to say they are set up for whatever they want to do after. I don't know why they're still playing basketball. I'm sure they still love it, but they're one of the few that can peace out to basketball and still make a wonderful living talking about the game. They're they're also just respected so much and mm-hmm. how much they've accomplished. So people actually want to hear what they want to say. I think for some NBA players that go into broadcasting, it's like, mm, what have you like done? Like Kendrick Perkins, you mean? <laughs> yes, exactly like Kendrick <laughs> Perkins. That's what I was thinking. Like, uh, we don't really care what you say because you didn't do a ton in OKC, but you look at Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi and all of their Olympic gold medals, their championships, their MVPs. It's like, yes, we are going to listen. Anything that you say. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, it's not very often that you get the greatest players 
of all time mm-hmm. to get in the booth. You don't see Jordan in the booth at all. I don't know that LeBron has that desire, but we'll see. Yeah, it, it's it would be very nice to see people who are incredibly accomplished. And, and you know, we saw that with Candace Parker. She was absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful on the TNT broadcasts, putting Shaquille O'Neal in his place on a regular basis. <laughs> Which is the only reason I watched. I'm like, what is? how is she going to put down Shaq today? Let's go. <laughs> I, I just watched to see uh, Kenny's knees slowly deteriorate when he runs back to show clips from the game and break them down. It's getting increasingly disturbing to watch at this it point. Is. Oh. <laughs> it is. It's really, really laboring back there. Poor Kenny. Poor Kenny. Now, Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were doing some stuff with the WNBA draft, right? Yes. Interviewing folks. How how was all of that? The, the draft seemed very cool this year. I feel like it had a very high production value with the, mm-hmm. the, the phone calls and all that stuff. They had some cool content coming out. They had some good stuff. It was definitely one of those vibes of like, wow, we have not been in person in two years. I think, yeah, that was the first one since 2019. So everyone was so happy to not be on a screen and being in person. Um, Just a quick story. You like had to be boosted Mm -hmm. to even be in there. Good. And I was in the media line and someone wasn't boosted. They just thought you had to be double vaxxed. She ran to Walgreens, Mm. got boosted to go into the draft. That's... Hey, that was commitment, dedication, Um, dedication and how important this event was. So everything was wonderful. I was on the orange carpet. I did not know who I was going to be interviewing. I was supposed to be interviewing the players, but there was a mix up. So then Lisa Leslie's just walking down and (laughs) they're like, hey, just ask her some questions. I'm like, "Okay." And Lisa Leslie <laughs> loved my basketball earrings and she complimented my hair and I was just floating on cloud nine. And then my favorite player of all time, Tisha Pinachero. I know I've said it on this podcast before. Tisha starts walking down and I almost lost my cool, but I held it together. And I don't even remember what I asked her, but <laughs> we became fast friends. And that was the highlight of the entire draft for me. <laughs> I'm just picturing you interviewing Lisa Leslie, just holding the mic straight up like you're raising your hand. <laughs> there that, is that a is photo. A, a big lady. <laughs> there is a photo. I, I posted the pictures of me interviewing all these. I also had an interview with Shakira Austin, who's a rookie. And she's 6'4". Um, she might even be taller than that, honestly. <laughs> My friends were just commenting like, oh, you were definitely a point guard like i can't hide my height in in these photos (laughs) i believe there is a photo on the internet of kristen chenoweth next to taco fall oh my gosh (laughs) we will certainly put this clip up yeah we'll we'll have you send that send that to us that's incredible but yeah there's a photo on the internet of i believe kristen chenoweth who is a very small person next to taco fall and it's one of the most ridiculous photos i've ever seen It's tough out here being short um, and interviewing (laughs) tall people. Uh, I'm just happy that that microphone I was holding had an endless cord because my arm was getting tired from holding it so far They just give you like a boom mic that you can hold. (laughs) (laughs) That would be easier, honestly. Uh, But it was so much fun. And it was really exciting. Like there was excitement in the air that the WNBA season is going to be different. The excitement is building. People are, you know, wanting to watch. They're curious about these draftees. Um, It was a lot of talk of like, even then, who's going to make it? Who's going to actually make their team? Who is going to help their team? 
So it was it was a good time. I want to go every year now just to the rookies just being so excited to to enter this league was cool to see. Yeah, I would definitely love to go as well. As far as the draft results, were there any particular upsets or surprises? It feels like this one wasn't as clear as like a Sabrina Ionescu year where there's a clear number one pick. What? How did you feel about the order in which, at least in the first round, the, the picks went? Yeah, so a couple things. So Originally, the Washington Mystics had the number one pick. When that was the case, I thought Nalissa Smith from Baylor was going to go because Mystics really needed a post player. Once they traded that pick to Atlanta and the Dream got the number one pick, I was like, okay, for sure, Ryan Howard. It was was always going back and forth, Nalissa Smith or Ryan Howard, but that made it very, very clear to me. And uh, Tisha, who is actually Ryan Howard's agent now, The Atlanta Dream told her that she was going to be the number one pick, but she chose and she talked to Ryan's mom to not tell her that she was going to be the number one pick because she don't she her mom was like, Ryan cannot fake excitement. She would have like already knew it wouldn't be the same, (laughs) Um, which I feel like is kind of the NBA draft shams and everybody is breaking it before the players. So I love that they didn't get to steal that moment away from her. Um, but that was not a surprise. I think the top three picks were really set in stone. After that, who knows? It was a <laughs> really a surprise for everything. For the first round, I did not expect Indiana to pick Lexi Hall from That's Stanford. That's the one I heard was the most confusing. That was really confusing. Everybody in the room was like, really not taking anything away from Lexi Hole. It was just, you know, everyone thought Destiny Henderson was going to go the first round. She was definitely the face of the draft. She was in person for her to go on the second round with still Indiana was very surprising. Um, I think a lot of people just did not expect her to fall that far, but She's still on the roster, so it really doesn't matter (laughs) what order you got drafted. She's still going to play in games uh, on Friday and opening night. So, (laughs) Yeah, I think this was a very interesting year in that you've got folks who are named after other famous people or similar because you have Ryan Howard, who sounds like Philly's baseball player, Ryan Howard. Mm. And then you have... You have Shakira Austin, and then you also have uh, Kirsten Bell instead yeah. of Kristen Bell. There's a lot of <laughs> not to mention Jade Melbourne. Jay, oh, I'm gonna get to Jade Melbourne, but yeah, just there. Were, I was doing a lot of double takes with the names, but yes, thank you, Adam, for bringing up my new favorite player on the Seattle Storm, Jade Melbourne. Is Jade Melbourne good, or does she just have the most Australian name possible? Because <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> I believe Kangaroo Melbourne would be the most Australian oh, name possible no. if we're gonna be technical about it. But Jade is pretty oh. good too. <laughs> I I think the name definitely helps. It does not. Uh, also, just that being on the back of a jersey, it, it's, it, it's a great name, a great jersey name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> non non jokingly though, a lot of people, and I was very excited to read this report. And if you confirm it, I'll be extra happy. A lot of people are saying steal at the draft could be. Alyssa Cunane out of NC State on the storm. Is this true or do I just follow storm people on Twitter that were very happy? Well, 
Oh no. For those of you who are just listening to this, Jordan just cringed in a way that did not make Shubes happy. Well, I mean, and I'm going to double check this, but I think she's already been waived. Oh no. I think she's already been waived, which was a bummer because she was present at the draft. She had a she was great, waved. No, she was waved. Yeah, I did see that because I remember her being a big name and then being really excited about that pick. I felt like uh, we can have a whole conversation about players getting waved, oh, but buddy. it's okay. We no, but I, this is something I, I genuinely wanted to ask Jordan about. Yeah. Is is some players even tweeting about it? The league is just too small. There's only mm-hmm. twelve teams. And you have all like this week in particular, we're recording this on May 5th. This week in particular was a very sad time to follow WNBA teams on social media because every couple of hours you would have them tweeting, thank you, so-and-so, because they cut them either from the team in the past or they were just on a training camp contract or whatever. It's just these teams are so stacked with talent that... There's just not enough teams in the league to hold on to everybody that gets drafted. Yeah. And I saw a tweet, too, that said this week may be easier if you're not a NCAA women's basketball fan. Mm. Like that's where it's hard because you've been following these players in college. You followed them through the March Madness tournament. All of that just happened a month ago. And then they're in the WNBA. They're trying their best and then they get waived. And that's when it just crushes your soul because you become a fan of these players and you want them to succeed. And the league is too small. I think the expansion conversation is getting louder and louder, especially with all of these waves. You have Brianna Stewart coming out and saying that it's not even about 144 players. That's always been my line of like, it's only 144 spots. But because of there's a hard cap on teams, it's really like 133, 135-ish. People aren't even keeping their full 12 roster, which is already small. All of that is just so disheartening for fans uh for people that want to see more basketball being played and more of these players to get an opportunity with the current construction of the w it just doesn't seem possible it seems like it's just this elite elite league and really like five six years into your career you have a better chance than when you are a rookie that's what a lot of the the younger players are just like we don't even get a fair shake. We're we're just new and that automatically counts you out. And <laughs> that's so tough. Yeah, it it's super tough. It's disappointing. Is there any rumblings about first off if expansion will happen and if so are there particular cities like in the NBA? It's a pretty not well kept secret that they're going to expand to 32 teams and it would be Seattle and Las Vegas eventually, mm. maybe in the next like two to four years or something. Is there anything on the horizon for the W? There have been some rumblings. Um, I also saw something just in passing that there's going to be a huge announcement this summer of some sort. That's kind of all it said. I don't know if it is around expansion or what um the most prominent rumor or rumblings is oakland being a spot for Mm. a team uh damian lillard's mom is involved with that and WNBA vet elena beard which who is one of my favorite players is also helping with that my thing that i'm most frustrated about and i hope that one day i can get an interview with kathy engelbert to really like What is a blueprint to starting a team? There are a lot of people out there, especially on Twitter, they're seeing this, they're like, I have money. 
where do I go? Can someone put me in contact with somebody? Like, what? there's no step one, do this. Step two, do this. I think if that was more out there, people would be more inclined to, you know, even uh, my girl Ari Chambers was like, we need a couple billionaires. And people were like, you actually don't. It's like a couple million. Like we don't yeah. even need that much money. So how how is this not already in motion? I think that's that's a frustrating part for me just looking on the outside. I feel like the people with money that, you know, Baron Davis was coming out saying, I want to buy a team. I want I have money that's it stops on Twitter because they don't know where to go. Kathy, reach out. People, Kathy. If, if people want to give you money, Kathy. It's like when you start a Patreon for your podcast. If people want to give you money, let them give you money. It's <laughs> a GoFundMe for WNBA teams. I mean, look, I don't know what price would it take to be like a part owner. I would look, you know, let's let's get it together. We can, yeah. make, we can make something happen. I got a piggy bank around here somewhere. I can, <laughs> you know, push some pennies to, to be part owner. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That would be that would be very, very cool. Now, going on to the season itself in terms of teams that are looking good, looking promising. Mm -hmm. Some preseason rankings had the Chicago Sky looking like they might repeat. Other people are higher on the sun. I, of course, think the Storm are going to do very well. The Aces are looking good. The Mercury, hopefully Brittany Griner is OK and can come back because yes. that would be a huge help yes. both outside and inside of the lines of the court WNBA expert of of the horse uh, representative variety Jordan Liggins who who is your pick for who you think is going to be the best it is so hard to go against the Chicago sky when they win a championship and then they add Emma Mieseman you're mm. like yeah. what like how <laughs> how is that even possible um like that to me is we're doubling down like we're good now we're getting great uh and it just makes it a matchup nightmare for everyone like how do you guard courtney vandersloot and then you have emma Mieseman who can also shoot you have ali quigley and then freaking candace parker is on the court running back and forth like that's a hard team to to go against but chicago you know last year we were really high on them too and they finished 500. They kind of had a whole yeah. second season in the playoffs where they just took off. So is that going to happen again? Are they going to have a good start this year? That's gonna, where my eyes are going to be looking. Um, Connecticut Sun, I saw someone say that I think puts it perfectly. They are always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like they oh, no. <laughs> get so close every single year they were number one the entire season last year just so dominant and then in the play again opposite of chicago sky in the playoffs the connecticut sun i don't know what happens they just sputter out they didn't have Alyssa thomas for a lot of you know the season and with injuries and list goes on and on like i feel like there's always something with the connecticut sun so i'm hesitant to even put them in the conversation that they're gonna be back on the top because we know how this movie ends <laughs> they feel like the gonzaga of the wnba it's like everyone's pick every year and they mm -hmm. never quite get it done mm -hmm. yeah i mean in the past five years they have the most wins out of any 
WNBA team, but they just have not gotten it done. And, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride does feel very apt for Connecticut, the state. So maybe it's just a really <laughs> it's a really good fit. They're like, yeah, we're nice, but you live here so you don't have to pay New York taxes. <laughs> Connecticut. Exactly. No, it's it's tough because when you look at the roster, it doesn't make sense for them to not have won a championship with MVP John Quill Jones. The year that she had last year, it's appalling that they are not hoisting the trophy like that is wild to me and then you have Dewana Bonner and you have Jasmine Thomas you have Alyssa Thomas like these are all-star caliber players that for some reason in the finals in the semifinals it's just not computing you almost feel like with a team like that sometimes it, it would be better if the expectations were not as high and then that's the year that they inevitably win is a season like the sky had last year exactly. where they don't have that good of a record in the regular season and then just everything comes together at the right time exactly that's that's how i felt about you know kalia copper where it she just flew under the radar peaked at the right time wins finals mvp because everybody's just so blown away that's like the perfect expectations i think and that's why on the opposite end of the <laughs> rankings the indiana fever i think they're gonna be like the hornets a couple years ago where there's zero expectations like they can just mm. they're all rookies they can all have fun and before you know with tamika catchings at the helm they were making some moves that were a little questionable and everybody was like watching them with a a magnifying glass but now i think they're just gonna be like What's the fever up to? Who who knows if they're going to win? Are they going to win? Are they going to lose? It, it should be fun. The, the question, what's the fever up to, is kind of a triggering oh, question oh, over no. the past few years. But. <laughs> You're not wrong that they do have all rookies. I mean, they have, at least according to what I'm reading, is it true that they have the number two, four, six, and 10 pick in the draft all on their team? Yes. Like they basically got almost, they have a large percentage of the first round. Yes, they had four picks in the first round. Four. That is one third. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it is. And it, it could be it could be a rebuild. I think that was probably one of the most interesting training camps where everybody is young. But you have somebody like Destiny Henderson, Alyssa Smith, Emily Anksler from Louisville, Lexi Hall. Like they are going to get the opportunity. That's what makes me excited for them, because if they would have went anywhere else, they would have been waived like Alyssa mm -hmm. Kunane, who doesn't even get that opportunity to show that she has something to provide to this league even if it doesn't work out at the fever they're going to be able to be on this big stage playing against the top people and that's only going to help them in their career which a lot of rookies are not getting that opportunity yeah now i'm of course very excited for the sue bird farewell tour mm -hmm. it's going to be bittersweet but wonderful now, we have to get a baseball reference into the podcast we always do. I was around for when they did the Derek Jeter farewell tour. And when he went to every city, they gave him some sort of hokey thematic gift. I went to the game he played against the Astros. They gave him some sort of like commemorative Derek Jeter cowboy boots that he was like, oh, thanks. I think the Rangers gave him a rocking chair where the back was made out of bats. It was like the vibe of when your aunt gives you a weird sweater at Christmas. And you're like, thank you so much for this. Yeah. I will certainly use it. This is why I have a wedding registry, so I do not get these yes. type of gifts. Yo, Jordan, let me tell you, though, someone someone is going to go off registry and it's going to be the worst thing. I and know. that's it always happens. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but if, if it's OK to mention, Jordan, since the last time we spoke to you, you both have gotten engaged and bought a house. Is that correct? Let's go. Yes, that's a, that's a <laughs> nice a lot of adulting Busy right year. there. Big time. <laughs> 
Yeah, I got engaged in December and wedding planning has been so fun, but I am pushing people to that registry. I'm like, look, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we don't even want a lot of stuff, but if you have to buy us something, right. get it here or please just give us money. Like that's all we right. want, but nobody so wants to good. give money. Nobody wants to give money. Give us that swin cash, baby. <laughs> yes. I, I'm labeled it as honeymoon fund. <laughs> Pro tip you can do, what my wife and I did was, people like to feel like they're getting you something, but you can still give them cash if you give them like things for the honeymoon. So it's like pay for our massage. Adam and my buddy Chris, mm -hmm. they paid for our massage. So it was very fun while I was getting- We offered to do it ourselves and they weren't interested for some reason. <laughs> Not the same enthusiasm. People like doing that. It was like, oh, help us stay yeah. in a fancier place. Yeah. Help us have fancy dinner one night. You can like, you can even just lie about these things. Oh yeah, they're all people... cash funds on the nut. They don't know. It's all it's all a cash fund. I, it's like cocktails on the beach. That's what one is. I'm like, mm -hmm, sure, mm -hmm. just give us money. We also found that people didn't want to get us the quote unquote boring gifts, but they didn't know how important it was. Like my, my wife loves our vacuum more than anything that we own. And no is one- Is it a Dyson? Yeah, it's a Dyson. It's the Dyson stick. It's like the, the version seven oh, or whatever. Oh, you, you bougie, huh? Oh my gosh. It's the registry, Getting baby. Hot just it's the one it. time. It's amazing. Someone get a Dyson fan in here for Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> my big thing was like, look, we need the Dutch oven. And Kelly was like, really? Do we need the $400 thing that goes on the stove? I was like, Kelly, you have no, you do not understand. <laughs> and then same thing. She wanted the Dyson vacuum. I was like, do we need the $400 vacuum? She was like, Michael, you do not understand. No one got us the vacuum. Aww. First thing Kelly did, we like, we ended up like returning some things that people got us or, or you know, tell the not or Zola to not send it. Yeah. Kelly immediately used that credit, <laughs> bought that vacuum. She's like, I've provided this vacuum for myself. <laughs> no one wanted to buy me the boring thing. I it's love great. that for her. We, we got our air fryer. So we put that on our Ooh. registry. Somehow we went through the whole pandemic, not buying an air fryer. We wow. were very proud of ourselves. And then we got like the mother load, like the X. That's Ill, it's like black yep. mat mm. and my aunt mm. already bought it for us and our wedding's not till september so we've used it like every <laughs> night we're like yeah we don't really need the wedding like this is everything <laughs> we got the stuff uh, uh, will there be an orange carpet at the uh at the wedding? <laughs> you know maybe maybe mm. maybe no <laughs> It's going to be a good time. I'm so excited. Well, you know, congrats. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but as someone who is, uh, in fact, divorced, why are we not doing divorce registries? That's the person <laughs> who really needs Yo. to be cheered up. I mean, come on. I love that. I would have I would have loved some gifts during that time. That would have been great. It should be a registry solely of the things that you are not taking. Like, oh, my my spouse is taking, you know, the the vacuum. I need a new one. My spouse right. is taking the Sonos speaker. I need a new one. That's hilarious. Hey, start it. That's Hey, I hear dollar signs. That sounds I, good. Me too. <laughs> so anyway, as we started this tangent, Sue Bird's farewell tour. Do you think that there's going to be fanfare? Our team's going to give her gifts? It's not very often that you have someone considered to be the GOAT, even though I won't want to admit that she's number two behind Diana Taurasi. It doesn't happen very often. So is there going to be lots of pageantry when she plays her final game in Minnesota or wherever? You know, I think there will be. My concern is that it is also Sylvia Fowles last season. I, I keep forgetting that because I feel like she didn't make as big of an announcement about it. Exactly. So I don't want... I, all I want is if Sue Bird gets a gift, Sylvia Fowles also gets a gift. That's all I want. Equal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Sue has been in the league longer than Syl, but I think that they are both contributed so much. Um, Sylvia Fowles' all-time 
leading rebounder, WNBA history, mm-hmm. Sue Bird, all-time assist. Like, these are huge accolades, and they're two goats that are, are going to patch the torch to, you know, other people in the league. So if Sue gets a gift, Sill also has to get a gift. It's definitely going to be something small because if it's something, anything bigger or extravagant, I'm going to say the money should have went to another roster spot. So <laughs> mm, That makes sense. Very strange that the two goats have bird-related names, Fowls and, mm-hmm, and Bird. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like I didn't even fowl. think about that. Does Tarasi translate to anything? <laughs> is, that an, is that another exotic bird that I'm not familiar with? It sounds like a, a sound a bird could make, Tarasi. <laughs> it sounds like it could be a car by Volkswagen. The Volkswagen Tarasi. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. No, I think Diana Tarasi is going to play like five to seven more years. Really? <laughs> she yeah. She's just... And also, you know, I went to the Sparks preseason game against the Mercury here in LA mm-hmm. and I got like kind of excited right before. I'm like, man, if Diana Taurasi is here, I would get to see, you know, DT up close for like 25 bucks. But of course she didn't make the trip. Like she's mm. she's not practicing. Yeah. She's not making mm-hmm. trips. So I think that's what's also gonna prolong her career. She's just kind of doing the bare minimum, drops 30, and she's like, I'll see you guys when I see you. <laughs> Ooh, along those lines, speaking of, uh, I don't know how exactly how old Diana Taurasi is. Uh, I assume, like, late 30s, or? Sue Bird is 40. Yeah, so, so DT's like one year younger, right? I yeah, Diana's so. 39. 39. So my yeah. question is, I don't know if either of you know this, in the way that LeBron, everyone just knows that LeBron is going to wait to play with Bronny. Is there anything similar in the WNBA? Does anyone have a daughter who is like of age to play with? That would be sick. Oh, Diana Taurasi's kids are very young. Um, mm. So that honestly wouldn't put it past her. Unless she plays until she's 55. <laughs> wouldn't put it past her. Um, Sue Bird and Megan Rapino do not have any children yet. But I love the story that Sue Bird found out that one of her teammates... Um, she's the same age as her teammate's mom. And she mm-hmm, was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I could have a child as old as you. Wow. And that moment to her when she said that at the press conference was like, I am old. Like I yeah. am playing with children. Like this is wild. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's been a hell of a career. I'm very excited. And I hope that both Sue and Diana are healthy and play because me and my buddy Sal have bought courtside seats in Phoenix for the super Diana Taurasi game happening there. Oh, super stoked, super stoked. And I'm going to just try to be so nice to the basketball gods so that, you know, someone isn't taking a rest day or there's no injuries or anything like that i am just gonna say all my prayers to all the basketball gods i make little you know burnt offerings light some candles whatever it takes Because it'll still be fun no matter what happens. It will be, but know. them both playing. Yeah. Oh, that would be incredible, especially at courtside. I hope it goes better than when I uh, bought tickets. I saved up all my money and bought tickets to a Nets-Wizards game, uh, and Michael Jordan was injured, and it broke my heart. Oh, no. Yeah. It's very sad. Jordan, you've been working with Jordan Brand, right? Or with Jumpman? Yes, I have. And um, I really did thank my parents for naming me Jordan because they I played think the that long was game. A... That's a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big I'm sure reason. you're in no way qualified. It's not that you're really good at your job, it's purely that your name is Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that helped me. It really did help. Um, I, it was so much fun. And I hope I can continue to work with them. And I had a whole conversation with Jordan Canada about the A in Jordans versus the I in Jordan 
Jordans versus the Y in Jordans. Mm. The A in Jordan is definitely superior. Don't tell Jordan Canada that, but it's just a fact. Jordan, I have to stop you to admit that I, for when you started talking about that, I was like, I don't know a lot about shoes. Is that what she's talking about? And then I realized you were talking about the spelling of the name Jordan, and now I feel really dumb. I had a little bit of that. At first, I, it took me till the second one, but when she said the A in Jordans, I was like, ooh, I haven't heard of this line before. Ooh, those are, but well, then, let me check the sneakers app real quick. Those sound good. But then we said I, and no, my my sister is Megan, and she's a M-E-G-H-A and Megan, Ooh. and she's a, she's a G-H purist, which I think is valid because she makes the claim the more common one is M-E-G-A-N, but she says it's spelled the same way as vegan. Those people are all named Megan, so that is uh, that was always her claim. It's a good one. I think A is the is the proper. You're allowed to have the other ones, but I think you do need to admit that it is the non-conventional one. Kind of like if you're an Ashley E I G H. Look, that's still look, your name. That's fine, but that's a yeah, lot of letters. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I tried the Y in in uh, in middle school. You know, I started writing my name with Y in, and it just didn't feel Ooh. right. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel like me. So. A.N. is superior. Jordan brand is amazing. The shoes have been amazing. So if we do want to talk about shoes, I, they've been my favorite shoe anyway. Now being able to rep them and get them, it's been a dream. <laughs> it really yeah, has. Did they, did they send you some special pairs, complimentary pairs, they like did. coupons? They, they did. That's cool. um, everything I got to that I wore in the show, I got to keep, which was so, yes. so dope. So much gear. Um, and then, yeah, just like, thank you, shoes. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. That's one where you want to make sure that you're you're at home when the delivery happens or else someone's going to run away with that box. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. I, I mean, I, I didn't expect it for the the one shipment. And my fiance is just green with and he's so mad. He's like, uh, if they don't send a size 13 in this box, I'm not helping you open it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> so it's a little. Yeah, I, I just have to buy him some just to make oh up gosh. for it. But <laughs> well, we'll, we'll certainly post a link. But uh, tell us a little bit about what the uh, what the show is about. Yeah. So it was called Take It From L.A. And it was talking to personalities, um, tastemakers in L.A. about basketball and their connection with basketball. It was really a love letter to basketball, specifically in the city of L.A. and being able to talk to you know Tanisha Ware who's the commissioner of the women's drew about the importance of women's basketball culture in LA I mean it's unheard of how strong the women's basketball community is here and it's so fun to be a part of and then you have people like Frank Nitty who you know has played in the drew but also in the big three and has always been this kind of celebrity in L.A. culture, but hasn't made the jump to the NBA. But he's OK with it because he loves his city so much. Um, so just talking to, you know, the muralists who did the huge mural of Russ, Mello and Taya Cooper on the Jordan brand store and just talking about how art and basketball have kind of mixed and how his fandom is mixed in with his passion. So. I really just got to talk to people and share their stories about how Hoop and L.A. is is connected and really um, shine light on why L.A. is such a wonderful city for basketballers. That sounds like a uh, pinch yourself moment where you're like, I'm getting paid to do this. Every single day. I was like in hair and makeup. I was like, are you guys sure? 
Like me? <laughs> you can still call it off. You can still How? call it off. You can still call especially the first day. I was like, I've never done this before. <laughs> Do you guys know why you chose me? Um, so that it was a pinch me moment every single day and being able to see it when it came out, I got emotional because it was months. It looks great. It's really beautifully shot too. Mm -hmm. Beautifully shot. Shout out to CJ Taldano at Follow Through Studios, like they really just made it artsy. Like it really was this art piece gift to LA basketball and everyone was so happy with it. And to just get the response too, that's what got me really emotional. I'm like, holy crap, I did do this. Like this actually happened. I didn't, I had to keep it so secret for so long and being able to tell people about it. So it was fun. It was so much fun. Amazing. If people want to check it out, where can they watch it? Yeah, so it's in the Nike app and on jordan.com not my website Fantastic. but jordanbrand.com <laughs> that's why my url was taken i'll tell you what yeah if you had the the rights to jordan.com you would have gotten a lot of money from someone for that <laughs> i know dang it uh regret it's all good it's all good well jordan thank you so much for coming on talking WNBA, sharing fun stories being our correspondent our friend it was a fun time if people want to find you doing stuff outside of the the jordan thing anything else where can they find you. I'm also co-host of Spinster's podcast. You can mm -hmm. find that wherever you get your podcast. Um, for the Buckets show, it's called The Buckets 5, all things WNBA. Subscribe to Buckets on YouTube for that. And then for me, you can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Liggins or on Twitter at underscore Jordan Liggins. Fantastic. Well, thanks again. Thank and you. And we'll be talking to you soon. Hopefully, you know, come playoff time when yes. they added games. There's like, how many games are in this season? There's 36. 36 now. Okay. So hopefully, hopefully by then the Storm are 36 and zero going into <laughs> the into the playoffs. So we'll, we'll have you back on. To, to oh, discuss, it's going to be so you know. rough when they go undefeated in the regular season and lose to the sky. That's I'm really. How, oh. <laughs> <laughs> if we could, yeah, if we could get a Storm Sky playoff series, that would be fun. So you and I can have a little rivalry. That'd be mm -hmm. some. Yes, be some I will be stuff. the referee to monitor thank you, between thank you. both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse Horses, hosted by Adam Amawala and Mike Schubert. Our editor is Misha Stanton. The music is by Bettina Campamanes. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The social media is by both of the Horse Boys, and the website is by Kelly Schubert. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvador Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, He Sells Seashell, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Long Suffering Timberwolves Fan, Roast Beef Debris, Kate the Conqueror, Basketball is Life 2, Mikhail Loves Allison, Denver Steamed Nuggets, Anna Borjali, Weird Questions, Chris Rossi, Mitch Chrysler, Steve Curry for three, Bang, and Mono Ginobili. Mm -hmm. And before I move on to our plugs for our social media, I do want to shout out Denver Steamed Nuggets, who apparently is going to come see me in the city where the Nuggets play. I'm going to be in Denver. Uh, I, I don't do this enough on this show. Yeah, please do. But a do. quick plug, because the people in Nashville were like, we didn't know you'd be here. I'm glad we Googled you. Um, <laughs> I will be in Colorado next week. So on Thursday the 12th, I will be headlining a club in Fort Collins called the Comedy Fort. On Friday, I will be at the Denver Comedy Lounge, and apparently so will Denver Steam Nuggets, a.k.a. Lisa Hill. And then on Sunday, I will be doing a show called the Boulder Comedy Show. So if you are anywhere near the Colorado area, which I assume some of you must be, uh, come out and, and see a show and say hello. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops because... Horse Hoops spells Jordan with a Y and you just can't. You just can't. 
Unacceptable. Can't do it. Go to our website, horsehoops.com, for links to some of the fun stuff we talked about today, including Jordan's awesome work with Jumpman. Yes. And if you want to support us, the Horse Boys, you can go to patreon.com slash horsehoops and get bonus audio, bonus writing, bonus merch, lots of fun stuff there. Also, I might as well plug, if you're in the Phoenix area, May 18th, Potterless Live Show, come through. Going to be a fun That's time. my birthday. Whoa. Well, happy birthday. I'll be sure to say it on stage to all of the Potterless nerds that are in the crowd. They'll be like, who the hell is that? We who don't know is who he? that is. <laughs> I don't listen to your basketball podcast. But yeah, if you want to come through, I'm going to be making fun of the Harry Potter iPhone game. Going to be a blast. But you can support us at patreon.com slash hoops. It's a good time. Lots of fun bonus content there. And we're going to close out this episode as we do every episode by putting our hands in the middle and saying something on the count of three. We could say go storm and sky in prep of WNBA season. We could do that. Um, but I also feel like we should probably shout out the moms out there. Oh, yeah. This Sunday is Mother's Day. The day after Mother's Day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's, how about go sky, go storm, go moms on three. Love it. <laughs> All right. One, two, three. Go, go sky, sky, go, go storm, storm, go moms. moms. <laughs> shout out to our mom episode. Go listen to that. What a great way to celebrate. It You're was done listening awesome. to this one? Listen to the mom episode.